Bryn, I have a very important question to ask you. Yes, Jenny? Bryn, since we've been together, you've made me feel more complete, more alive, and have shown me the true meaning of happiness. I am a better podcaster with you by my side. That's why today, in front of you, our audience, and our window, I take you to be my podcast partner, loving what I know of you and trusting what I do not yet know but will be revealed on the show. Bryn, I promise to respect you as a podcasting equal and recognize that your interests, desires, and bits are as important as mine. I promise to laugh with you when the bits are good and to endure when they are bad. I can't wait to grow old together over these next 20 episodes, getting to know the podcaster you will become and falling in comedy a little more every day. Today, I give you my hand, my microphone, and my Zencaster login without condition, completely and forever. Bryn, will you make me the happiest podcaster in the world? Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> she said yes. Yay. Stopping, crying. It's the happiest day. Stopping, crying, crying. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> now how's it how's it going, everyone? That was the best performance of your career. Thank you so much. I'm literally just re I I I Googled proposal speech and I filled in the blanks and I made it about podcasting. How we go how's it going everyone howdy doody it's been god Britt, it's been a while as you can tell mm -hmm. by my by my voice i've gone through some vocal strain lately <laughs> just a little bit we really couldn't tell don't worry no yes 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 well it is a sunday you know Sh sure yeah it is a sunday <laughs> what is anyway, that do? what are you gonna I say I don't know. It's like a sleepy Sunday. Okay. I'm down for a sleepy Sunday. I'm definitely feeling sleepy. I went to bed at like three. So I think oh. you did too. Hell yeah. No, I went to bed at, I went to bed at one, but it felt like two because I was awake at two. Okay. Because I was hanging out with some buds until like 2 a.m. But then daylight savings hit. So the clock went back to one. So technically I only went to bed at one, but I felt like I went to bed at two. I hate time travel. Ugh. You and me both. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love time travel, but I hate real life time travel. That is daylight savings time. Mm. Um, how, how are you today, Jenny? I'm doing well. I've got a delicious brownie. I have a delicious brownie and a I wonderful cup of coffee and a nice glass of, of water. And I'm ready to talk about a book. How is your morning, Bryn? My morning is great. I have a delectable pear in front of me. Um, <clears throat> shut up! You're so mean. Pears are gross. Are the pears are the best fruit. What is wrong with you? No, they're amazing. Bryn, I don't think this relationship can work. I think I have to rescind <laughs> my proposal. No, over a pear. Yeah, pears are nasty. Wow. Your love isn't true. No. Pears are great, and I have a great pear in front of me, and an excellent cup of coffee, and like five hours of sleep. Four. Mm. Four hours of sleep. We're great. We're doing okay. great. Well, wait, when did you go to bed? 
Three. But was it three or two? <laughs> I killed her. I killed her. She's dead. I don't know. Wait. It was was it one? Because you didn't check your watch. You didn't change your watch until this morning. Mm-hmm. So it could have been you went to bed at two. I might have gone to bed at two. It does. It does. You know what? It doesn't matter. We're here. Yeah. Last night yeah. I had one of those nights when like I was stuck. I was so tired. I like everyone, all of my other friends' roommates had gone to bed, and me and just one other person were just watch, watching Batman and Robin and Batman because it's a because it's a classic. Um, <laughs> and I didn't even get. I got like halfway through it, and it was two a.m. And I was like, I'm sorry, I gotta go. And then I go <laughs> home, and I'm like, I didn't wash my face or brush my teeth or anything. I just <gasps> got into my pajamas and got in bed and was like, <clears throat> so that was me fair. sleeping. Yeah, I was very I tired. left work at like 12 last night. And I had yesterday, I drove an hour each way to go see some relatives before work. Mm. And then I worked a seven hour shift. And I came and I got Jeez. my car at 12. And I was just like, I just want to be home. <laughs> I just want to be teleported into my bed. I don't want to drive anymore. And then when I got Ugh. home, I had to like, eat dinner, even though it was 12 at night. And like, as you do, shower and stuff yeah we were really bummed to learn that the wendy's closed as at 9 a.m or 9 p.m here so we couldn't we wanted to get our we wanted to get our nuggies on you know that's what you get we want to get some chicken nuggies seriously the taco bell wasn't even open by but uh, like 10 30 the taco bell closes at nine what's wrong with america that's a shame i don't think the taco bell near my house ever closes there's always people. None of the, the there's a there's a restaurant in Milwaukee. Well, like most restaurants in Milwaukee are are like oh because most restaurants in Milwaukee are bars, so they're open super late. But mm-hmm. there's a, a little burger joint near my near my home where their closing time is literally eleven. It's so great. That's like airport food. Like 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 if I'm coming home from the airport and it's like ten forty five. Well, not ten forty five. I I wouldn't be an asshole. But like if it's ten. I know that I can like call in an order and be like, I'll be there in like 15 minutes. And then they'll be like, yeah, I got your burger. And I'll be like, yes. The in and out anyway. by my house closes at one thirty every night. Love it now. So many times. Save me. Um, I'm, but I'm sorry anyway. about I could offer you a pair. Oh yeah, it's okay. I don't want a pair. Really? They're really good this year. No, pairs are are gross. They're so grainy. Here, we'll make a poll. Anchor allows you to make a poll now. So when I publish this episode, I'll make a poll saying, are you right about pairs or are you wrong? Do you like them or not? Because you're either right or you're either in or you're out. Vote for pairs 2021. No, anti pair squadrons, elites, go. No. Anti pair squadrons, activate. They're disgusting. Yeah, we'll let, you know what? We'll let the people settle this. In the meantime, we have a proposal to discuss. Oh, yeah, let's quickly get into this cover so we don't waste any more time. This cover's really fucking stupid. 
It is. I like it. I like it. It's, I it's fine, but it's not stupid enough to make me like into it. And it's not good enough mm. to make me into it, you know? It's just kind of middle of the road stupid. But however, there is a fun little advertisement on this. Oh, by the way, we can finally be open about the fact that uh, these are PDFs that we've been reading. We do not own the physical copies. Um, A wonderful, amazing listener informed us that Michael Grant and Applegate have given their blessing to the people who read PDFs because fuck Scholastic. mm -hmm. Hell yeah. So we don't have to hide the fact. Not not like we were doing a really good job of hiding it, though. No. (laughs) That was the joke. Um, but yeah, this little PDF cover has a little, uh, sticker that was, I think, torn off that says watch Animorphs on TV, which that's for later. That's, Ooh. that's a secret for another time. That's a whole different thing that we'll tell you about later. Yeah. Um, but I gotta give this cover, I don't know, like a three. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. <laughs> I like the poodle factor. I like that Marco's turning into a poodle. (laughs) The poodle factor is vital. I like that the ribbons in the poodle's hair match the color of Marco's shirt. Um, No, the ribbons are blue, and his shirt is green. No, and my my cover, they're the same. We have the same cover. They're literally blue. They're literally bluish-green. They're blue. They're no. His shirt is just green, and those ribbons are blue. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the chroma. I'm looking at the chromaticity diagram. Right. Okay. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the, the. I'm looking at the hue and the chroma, and the saturation. Even though that's the same thing, and that is blue, and that shirt is green. I will take an eyedropper tool and prove you wrong. Okay, we're going to have to respectfully disagree until we can do that. I'll put another poll that doesn't say, is it blue or is it green? No. Power's gone to her heads. Enough with the poll. Enough with the polls, Jenny. Um, Why do you hate democracy? (laughs) Wow, Bryn. Wow. You hate democracy? Wow. Anyway, I'll give it a three. Yeah, I don't like this bruise-colored background. I don't like the purple. Bruise? Purple? Uh, oh, I guess there's purple. I was like, are you going fucking colorblind? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? I might be going insane. You don't know. Here's the thing. Oh, well, I will say something I do like is I really like the title. Because not only is there an actual proposal, but there's, I guess, a proposal at the end, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's very fitting, and I like it. Mm. I don't love the tagline, what's on what's your on mind? What's on your mind? Yeah, I that guess, I don't understand. I guess because he's just got a lot going on in his head, you know? Yeah, he but needs therapy. That's a whole part of this book, I guess. The whole theme of this book is get Marcus in therapy. Stat. Literally, it's so fun. It's kind of funny because of how obvious it is. It's like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. we get it. He needs therapy. <laughs> Anyway, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, I think we'll get into it right now because we're. we're oh, okay. Cover, right? What did you rate the cover? Like a three? Uh, yeah, like a three. I'm not crazy about it. Wonderful. All right. His name is Marco. <laughs> but <laughs> I love this. He's like, I am the lord of the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
I mean, he's, sure. a, he's a gamer, guys. Like, he's, I'm sorry that, I mean, gamers don't die, they respawn. <laughs> if this book was series came out in 2012, Marco would absolutely wear those, like, gamers don't die, they respawn. This is the average gamer. Like, like those kind of stupid gamer shirts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, my brother wore those. Yeah. My like, brother had a shirt that said sarcasm loading with a loading bar underneath it. Sorry, I just saw that I go to gamer shirt and I was a uh, warning 12 year old in gaming mode. Do not disturb. <gasps> oh, Lord. I'm a gamer, not because I don't have a life, but because I choose to have many. <laughs> I have seen so many of these because I was friends with these kinds of people in middle school. And also me and my brother. Uh, we're joking about what we would want to get each other for um, birthdays or Christmas. And we and we joke, like, if you can't think of anything else to get me, um, get me a shitty gamer shirt or get me some Club Penguin merch. <laughs> this one's really funny because it's it's <laughs> it's it's inclusive of non-binary gamers because it says gender, male, female, gamer. <laughs> <laughs> it has gamer Exton. That's Marco. That's Marco. so so bad. Oh my god. Oh my god. Twenty twelve to twenty sixteen was like the height of that. Graphic no, mom. Team. I can't pause an online game. That's what Mar- that's Marco talking to Visser One when when well well spoilers oh. I guess. Actually, that's Marco talking to his dad in the next sentence. Because uh, yeah, you can't pause an online game, dad. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's, anyway, he's a, a gamer. <laughs> the gamer go, and they're playing Mario Kart or something. Um, they're playing, I don't know, Duke, Duke Kick'em? I don't know. But um, um, uh, we learn here that, well, uh, Marco's father gets a call, and we learn that his father is dating... <gasps> Ooh. A woman named Nora, who is Nora Marco's math teacher. What is dating? Could not, be me. Could not be, could me. be me. Could not be me. When he said math teacher, I like, I audibly went, Pff. I was like, no. No, no, no. Uh, no. <sighs> Yikes. That's worse. That's yeah. worse. But yeah, it's really rough. Marco, though, he does say his dad has been like happy and he's kind of un- unnerved by it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, his dad is like happy and recovering from, you know, the trauma. And Marco is like, oh, not it. <laughs> yeah, because Marco is like steeped in trauma that's happening now and his dad is ready to move on. So they're just not at the same place yes but uh and it makes marco feel really uncomfortable yeah just sad but that becomes more of a thing later on in the book but he um turns on the tv because his dad is you know talking with miss robinette turns on the tv and uh on the tv is this long is this like ponytail guy william roger Tennant, which i guess it's like a self-help Thing. And and I gotta say, this guy's setup is what I wish I had in my in my room right now. It's um, 
there's mm-hmm. a big comfy chair, six foot lava lamps, and a bottle of designer water at his side. And I'm like, this guy is living the dream. I love <laughs> lava lamps. Lava lamps are the coolest thing ever. They're pretty cool. I've never had one. I have, cool. I have like three. Two of them <laughs> and are, are back home in, in Wisconsin. Um, but I don't have bulbs for those two. And then the one that I have in my lava lamp right now is dying, so I had to get some more. But I am passionate about lava lamps. They're so cool and gloopy. But this guy this guy is not a lava lamp enthusiast. That's just a part of him. That's not all of him, you know. He's more complicated. <laughs> but he's um yeah. He's this self-help guy. He's like a self-help guru, which I guess was a thing in the nineties. Um I think. I suppose. But his name is William Roger Tennant. And Marco is watching this guy and he's like, I don't know why I'm watching him. Maybe it'll make me feel better. Um, and then he he does not feel better because William Roger Tennant gets this call from this woman named Marie who's like, wow, I'm really lonely. And William Roger Tennant is like, you know where you can go if you want to make friends and find connections? It's called the sharing. <laughs> So there's our plot. There's the plot just dropped in your lap in the first chapter of this. The sharing? The sharing, the woman replied. Yes, the sharing, William Roger Tennant said. <laughs> that was my that's my favorite. <laughs> the sharing? The so sharing. Much. Yes, the sharing. Yes, the sharing. That's my favorite part of the <laughs> It doesn't even sound like a word anymore. No. It doesn't because they say it so much in this book. She's sharing. Uh, how my brain is like accimile. That's a name. That's a word. The sharing. Mm-mm. Not a word anymore. Not a word. But yeah, William Roger Tennant seems to be uh, a controller, and I just I don't understand. Like uh, this is the thing. Okay, this is a little bit of a non sequitur, but if you're listening to this at this point, you're used to it by now. I what was with the '90s and ha- and thinking ponytails were cool? Men having low ponytails is not cool. At least not to me. I mean, unless pony. unless you can rock it. I was thinking he had. I was thinking he had like a high pony, like a man bun. Was, if this was 2020, he'd have a man bun. Oh, for sure, and like the flower beard thing that was happening. Oh yeah, <laughs> you Very would. Good. Um, yeah. I just, I don't understand, like, I, I watch, like, I'll watch something from the, from the 90s, and there'll just be a random dude with a ponytail, and I'm like, what were you people thinking? They were going for Founding Father. <laughs> <laughs> they were giving me, they were giving me Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> um, That's funny. I, I don't know what they were thinking, but it was not a bad but it was a bad thought. There. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. bad thought. Um. Anyway. <laughs> bad thought. He calls Jake. Because oh yeah, Jake... he calls. He rings up the Yakov. <laughs> um, he rings up Yakov, and he's like, "Hey." At one point. At when he's like, he's like. All right, Marco has this thought where he's like, I had to call Jake. Didn't want to, but I had to. Didn't I? Let it go, Marco. You know how this ends up. All of us screaming and running and maybe this time not making it alive. Let it go. 
And then I called Jake anyway. And I was like, in this moment, I was like, who put Jake in charge? And I was like, oh, wait. They did. All of them. <laughs> they did. They did. Hold on. <laughs> this has been the plot of several books. Yeah. Hold on. But then his, um, he's like, I have to go to Jake's house. He's talking to his dad. He's like, I have to go to Jake's house. And his dad's like, is it because of, okay. Look, uh, and then he's like, it's so sad. Marco's kind of a, a jerk in this book. And his dad is trying to, like, you know, talk to him. And he kind of, like, goes from this, like, happy, you know, like, dude in love. He kind of, like, deflates into his, like, very depressed person that he used to be. And he's like, are you mad at me? And Mark was like, no, I'm not mad at you. And then he's like, I know you still think about your mom a lot. And I, I do, too. But I can't grieve forever. I need to move on. I hope you and I, you can understand that. I mean, Nora's a nice person, isn't she? And and he's like, yeah, she's okay. It's just weird, that's all. And Marco leaves, and, and he's like, there's one problem to this situation. My mom may not really be dead. Woof. It's rough. So there's the problem. There's the situation. That's the situation. It's the situation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I just lost my turn of thought. That's okay. Marco, Dad, sad, depression, Nora. It'll come back to me. Door. Door. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It'll come back. Okay. Door. Wor- Don't worry about it. Um. So. He's like, shit, I made my dad feel bad. I didn't like that. It wasn't his fault, any of it. How was he supposed to know uh, his wife wasn't really dead? <laughs> I feel like I sound drunk when I'm making this episode. Me too. I'm feeling like we're... I don't drink. Very, like, <laughs> I we but You're 21. I'm not. But you don't. Oh, yeah, Le- for legal reasons, you don't drink. Is that what we're going with? (laughs) Yes. If anyone's asking, if anyone's listening right now, Brynn does not drink. She does not. Actually, I haven't had a drink in, like, years. Oh, oh, a day. Oh, three hours. (laughs) Oh, shut the fuck up. Every time I go to a family function, they offer me alcohol, but I drive myself there. So. Mm. Mm. Um. So he goes into the garage. Oh, yeah, he goes into the garage to morph. morph. He's thinking. He's thinking about Fizzer 1. He's thinking about the Yerk invasion. He's thinking about about a lot of things. The blasted mountaintop. The the golden corral, if you will. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you will, and I do. (laughs) (laughs) Do you do? Um, He's thinking about how he orchestrated her downfall and she fell off a cliff after making eye contact with him and recognizing that that's her host's son. Mm-hmm. Who might also, who she might also think is a controller. He's just having a lot of thoughts. He's having a lot of feelings. Um, so he tries to morph into an osprey. Osprey? It's an osprey. 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 All right. Um, it doesn't go well. Um, 
he starts shrinking. And then, yes. Um, sorry, I'm <laughs> reading the book, trying to remember what happened in this book. It's he just um, <laughs> he half morphs, like he's like half of him, like he's morphing into an osprey, and then suddenly his vision goes dim, and he starts growing pincers and little antennae, and he's realized he's half lobster and half osprey, and he's starting to panic because he can't breathe. And he's nowhere near water, and he's like weird half half morph, but then uh he's fine. He just morphs out and takes a bike to Cassie's place. Pretty much. Um, when I first read this, I was like, "Are we gonna have another Rachel crocodile situation? Oh, what is he learning to?" My God, that's what I was thinking. The fact they bring this up, they bring that up in this book. The fact that they they remembered that it happened. It's because it was beyond stupid. And Rachel was on the news. So yes, like, she was. I remember that. more than I wish I, I could forget. The other book. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. But uh, okay, anyway. Silliness yeah, yeah, yeah. In our lives. Um, so with them and um, they're like, kind of like, yo, Marco, why did you like here we were about to fly out to your house to see if something was wrong we're about to fly up take the 405 (laughs) (laughs) take the 405 down to Santa Monica go back where you belong (laughs) I have some coworkers from SoCal and a couple of them talk like that and it's so fucking funny it's your house bro uh, it's your house bro yeah you yeah he says like bro every sentence and it's so funny yeah bro oh, i love that man yeah bro it's not even a bro it's just a like a bro i don't know yeah bro. i don't even know how to do it um we don't need to get into Cali discourse. That's, that's a whole different. That's a different podcast. Yeah. I could just do myself. Um, oh, damn. Okay. No, no, no. That's not what I meant. I no, 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 no. Oh, I get it. No, I get it. I just didn't know your anger ran that deep. Podcast deep. <laughs> Podcast deep. Proposal deep. Um. Anyway. She, he, he gets there. Rachel's mad at him because she's missing Felicity and Tobias and Rachel are missing Felicity and then Marco makes a mean comment because he's Marco. Um, yes. And then he's like, I'm not going to tell him about my morphing freak out. You know, this is the good thing to do. Uh, it's just, you know, a fluke. I'm just, you know, it's, it's not important. You know, it's probably not going to come up again. Sure. Sure. You know. Sure. Sure. Um, but Marco is like, yo, has anyone ever heard of a guy named William Roger Attenant? He has the, in the race, was like, yeah, he has the weird touchy-feely talk show with the lava lamp. Oh, it's called Contact Point is what the show is called, which sounds like an action movie, but. It really does. um, But he's like. Sounds like something Bruce Willis would be in. Yeah, they're like. (laughs) 
true. He's like, yeah, Tennant has read a lot of self-help books, Rachel says. My mom my mom reads them, and then for two days, she's all mellow, and then it wears off. Oh. And then Axe is like, my is this like... the same thing. <laughs> Damn. That's crazy. My mom has so many self-help books, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um but he's like actually like self-help books are they similar to instruction manuals and he's like that's why he's like oh they're you know books like instruction books for living and you know like and then Cass is like yeah they give you advice like chicken soup for whatever I'm okay you're messed up you know chicken soup for the soul and then Ash is like oh yes like Oprah Love that yeah. he watches the Oprah. I love that she watches. He watches Oprah, and he's like, not misgender yes, acts under my likes- roof. <laughs> I'm trying not to. Um, I got acts mixed up with Oprah. It's you know, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> they're just so similar, you know. Oh shit! Oh. I was knocked over my coffee. Oh my god! I need to stop talking with my hands. <laughs> There's a fucking echo of that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. This is completely, completely unrelated to the Oprah situation. Okay, the situation. The situation. Mm. <laughs> the situation. You're always so mad because it never in the text does it say that Andalites have ears. Aha! Marco is describing Axe and he says Andalites have human-shaped heads with deer-like ears, no mouth. They've never said head. that before! They've okay, never said it! They haven't said it before in this book series ever. They've only ever said like ear tubes. And they never said like that's not canon to me because it wasn't in the first. None of them have ever described Andalites as having that before. They just added this in to target me specifically (laughs) two years before I was born. They said, oh, yeah, this person's going to be real pissed about it. (laughs) I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. They're, they don't have ears. I refuse to draw them with ears. I refuse to draw them with ears. I'm taking up. I'm taking an ideological stance against and 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 aliens with ears. And is that your final answer? Is that your official statement? Yes, I'm an anti-ear advocate. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Um, here's my thing about Andalites. They're, they don't have a mouth, so why do they have a jaw? Like, Yeah, I don't know. In, in some of the drawings, specifically of Visor 3, they give him, like, a, like a jaw that could cut glass. Like, that <laughs> thing is sharp. But there's no need for a jaw, unless it's vestigial, but they never had mouths to begin with. There's no know. reason that they should have a jaw. Like, maybe more they did. They should just have something that, like, mimics a jaw. But, mm. I don't know. Maybe well, what would their, are, their like, head would be totally differently shaped then. Because so much, like, yeah. like, like, like 40% of our, of our entire head anatomy is dedicated to the mouth and the muscles therein. And the very uh-huh. complicated, like, also the throat is dedicated to. Why do they have a throat? They don't swallow yeah. or talk. Like the the throat's purpose is to What's provide is to provide you know is to transport air 
and nutrients uh, and to house the, you know, the cricoid and the hyoid bone. I'm cooking voice and speech. That's why I know these muscles. You know, it's, 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 it houses these things for speech, but there's no need for a neck if there's no uh, eating or speech. Maybe it is vestigial. Do you think that, like, so is their neck just solid? Is there no, are there no, is it just muscle? Like, what, what is the muscle for? Like, what are their height? What is their, what is it even shaped like if there's no, there's no nothing for mouth? Also, if it is vestigial, they're like, let's just say that their entire kind of like upper body is like, you know, vestigial. Um, it still doesn't make sense because they're, they're not predators. And, like, it would make sense for, like, sometimes predators mimic other predators. You know what I mean? So if there was other, some sort of, like, humanoid something on their planet that they could be mimicking Hmm. to, like, scare something off. Or or to, like, if it's just to make themselves kind of bigger to, like, scare their prey. That also doesn't make sense because they themselves are prey and they're herd animals. Yeah, I don't know. I know this is just like the anatomy of children's book. No, it's an interesting. It's an interesting question. I don't know anatomy that doesn't make sense to me bugs me. Like Mm -hmm. I don't like it when authors just kind of like put together a ramshackle alien made of different parts that don't really make sense just because it looks cool like are you targeting someone sure. in this instance I'm not, hey, I'm hey applegate Bryn is coming for you <laughs> yeah i'm coming specifically for those crab things oh the crab things <laughs> yeah what are the evolutionary the purpose of the stupid crab people yeah of the three strong man arms on one side and like a bunch of tiny spider legs on the other and they only walk in one direction what is i can't the answer this i can't answer this i can't help you cross this forest like i know that evolution and anatomy is weird like humans are weird we're very poorly designed so like okay axe but even still we make more sense like the human back a travesty but like i can attest my back hurts all the time um I mean, but those crab people, that doesn't make sense. I'm so mad about know. the crab people. I'm really rationally mad about the crab people weeks and weeks after we read those at work. It's been conference. literally months. It's been stories. months. Literally months. And I forgot about that. Was the Andalite Chronicles was written. That was around this time last year. No, no, no! They were in the Horpagier Chronicle. No, not the Horpagier. Chronicles. Are you talking about the? Are you talking? Oh, the Megamorph. It was the Megamorph. The Megamorphs Megamorph. in the time of dinosaurs. So it was like four months ago. That was not four months ago. That felt like it was three years ago. When did we publish <laughs> that episode? We didn't even have that this podcast three years ago. Home's life. It felt like forty-five years ago. <laughs> it was eighty-seven years. Eight ago. Oh, May twenty eighth. Wow, that is like 
How many? That's over six months ago. Three, four, five, six. Yeah. That's wild. Half half a year. Half a year. Oh, anyway, oh, uh, William Roger Tennant. <laughs> wow. That was one of our best tangents yet. You're so welcome. We talked about seven uh, things. <laughs> hey, we talked about pears on, like, the third page of this book. Oh, yeah, we're right on 10, 11 that, pages so. in. And it's uh, almost okay. 40 minutes. I love us. Oh, yeah. I love us. I love we just so stopped. Much. We stopped completely caring about how long the show is. <laughs> we're just like, you know what? People are gonna we listen to if they listen. Right. We cared so much when this show started about so many things. Um, we don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we were. We were like. We were like. Oh yeah, this show. These episodes, you know. It'll be like one and a half to two hours long. If it's really long, it'll be around two hours long. Meanwhile, I think the median of our, like, all our, like, the average for our time for episodes is, like, two hours long at this point. We have, like, we had, like, a five-hour episode that we had to cut down and split into two parts for one of the specials. Yeah, most of our specials end up being, well, because each of them are, like, two or three parts. So it ends up being like a total of like like a total of like four hours of content. Mm-hmm. I mean, recording a special is like an all day thing because yeah. we t- we just talk for a while. Let's um, mm-hmm. of talking. Let's get back to talking. Speaking of talking, what they need to do. That was such an elegant transition. You're so welcome. Yes. Speaking of talking, what they need to do is get William Roger Tennant to shut up. So the way they're going to do that is so get him true. off get him off the air permanently. So they're going to run basically a major smear campaign to try to make him look like a crazy person. Um, so it's Saturday morning, and they're kind of watching out on William Roger Tennant's beachfront mansion. I love that throughout this whole book, they only refer to him as his full name, so I will be doing the same. Um, oh, I'm going to say, I was, I was as soon as I read this book, I was thinking of nicknames, because I don't want to say all that. Willie Roger. William Roger. Wirt. Wirt. I'm going to call him Wirt. I'm going to call him Wirt from now on. W-R-T. Not... Not W-U-R-T or W-I-R-T, W-R-T, Wirt. Make it a Wirt. Go watch Over the Garden Wall, you guys. It's really good. Um, But anyway, they're like, yeah, we've watched him in the three days. Like, we've watched him for three days. And he's not done anything illegal or scandalous. He's like a saint. And he's like, Gross. you know, he's a... And they're like, yeah, that's probably why they, they, wa- they wanted him on board. He's like a perfect recruiter. So like clockwork, uh, they they go to watch him. He like goes for like a run, and they're like, "Yep, there he goes." Every fucking morning, he goes for a jog along the beach from eight a.m. to eight forty-five. Then he comes home. He takes a shower. He sits at his desk and works. He writes on the computer, makes the phone calls, eats lunch, feeds the birds, feeds the birds, talks to them. Then at five o'clock, he hops in his limo. And he's driven to the TV studio. I envy this guy's. You know, commitment. Yeah, he's got the schedule and he's sticking to it. Yeah. 
You're you know what? Maybe I should get a controller if my brain helped me actually stick to my to-do list. <laughs> Am I right, you guys? <laughs> With your luck, they would Something. give you a that also has ADHD. Something came over me. I'm sorry. That hurt. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that fucking, that laugh hurt my back. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm in, like, so pain. You're like slightly echoey for some reason, and the laugh was extra echoey. So oh, great! That is ter- that is terrifying, Jenny. My sternum, um, like my solar plexus, is like hurting now. You're just really flexing on your knowledge of human anatomy today. Ow! 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 I know. Okay, solar plexus. I only remember because it sounds cool. It sounds like a sci-fi novel. Solar plexus? It's a a medical term. It's kind of like your sternum-ish area. I know, but it sounds like... Solar plexus sounds like a sci-fi novel, and the cover has a sun in the eclipse and a little spaceship in the corner. (laughs) Yeah. The author's name is in red font, and it's really big, so you can't miss it. (laughs) It's it's bigger than the title. There is no title. There's no title. Let's do that. We're looking at you, James Patterson. Oh. <laughs> I'm not attacking Mr. Patterson. I've never, I've never met him. I, you know, I've not, I don't know him personally. Stealing <laughs> my phrase. Anyway, That's my favorite um, thing. My my dad will say that sometimes. I'll be like, "Do you know blah blah blah?" And he'll be like, "Not personally." I say that all the time. I love it, and I think everyone should. That. It's wonderful. As you should. Anyway. So they're kind of chatting, Cassie and Marco, you know, the dream team. They're kind of chatting up. And Cassie's like, is something, you know, bothering you? And he's like, nope. Nothing's bothering me. I'm doing great. You know? So, uh... Don't talk to me. Um... (laughs) But they... They, they like, they also, they talk about her, her poodle, Euclid, which is a great name for a math teacher's poodle. Um, and then this is when I realized that this book is about therapy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway! So like, you should get help. You should talk to somebody. And he's like, oh, yeah, who am I going to fucking talk to? Yeah, I'm just going to sit down and be like, so I'm fighting in an intergalactic war in this band with, like, guerrilla warfare. I can turn into animals. My mom is the, like, number one leader of the enemy i may or may not have killed her and my dad is remarrying because you know that's just mm-hmm. that's all also my I've mom is my mom is a fascist but also not yeah. but also is also not mm-hmm. yeah and we're the only and i've died like <laughs> i've died several times that's true <laughs> yeah so like what's going on with you it's not gonna work okay and the therapist is just that's like Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they the they they see William Roger Ten- they see Wirt go go inside, um, and he like goes to his his uh desk and he like kisses a little bird and I'm like yes, living the dream. <laughs> and the the plan is, I love birds. Put that on a t-shirt for you. 
kisses a little bird. Yes, living the dream. <laughs> Look, kissing a little bird is the best. I love little birds. Sure. You do not like yeah. little birds? No, I love little birds. I wouldn't kiss one, though. I'd kiss a little bird. I'd give a little bird a little kiss on the cheek. They're so cute. I love cockatiels. The plan is uh, well, pin finches, parakeets, and cockatiels. I didn't know finches are domestic. I didn't know you could domesticate a finch. I don't know anything about birds. I don't either. I just know that I like them. Sure. Anyway, the plan is to morph cockatiels and search his house. And Marco's like, time to die! So, they, yeah. they, they morph into, well... They they go and they get they spread out. They break into his house. They break into his house, they, basically. It's it's sort of they commit uh, a light felony. Yeah, basically. I think it's fine in this case. Oh yeah, it's totally fine. How they do it made my brain hurt. It's involving like cockroaches and stuff. Basically, they pick eh. a lock. And then, like, cut the screen, and they just, like, go Yeah, inside. they just go just, in. Like, they, they, they're just inside. Like, I don't want to do all of it. They're inside. Yeah. <laughs> they're inside. And they they morph into a, um... They morph into the, uh, the cockatiel. Cockatiel. Like, to eat, to eat, to eat! And he's like, oh, cool, I'm morphing just fine. I'm a little bit spooked, but it's fine. And they're flying through the house. Um, and they go to the desk, and they see William Roger Tennant, very absorbed in his work. He's a very good actor. Um, and Rachel sees he's writing a letter, like, to the president of uh, one of the TV networks. And um, he he feels that he can hear that he's getting a phone call. And, well, he is getting a phone call. And he, like, <laughs> it's funny... Uh, this line is really cool. William Roger stared at the phone as if it were a diseased enemy. Um, and they, he picks up the phone and he's like, hello? Yes, Visser. And then Rachel's like, oh, it's Visser 3. I thought for a second it could be Visser 1. I thought that would have been cool. Well, whatever. That would have been cool. But I guess, I guess no one in there, no yerk who cares about his, his or who cares about their own skin would say, uh, would call Visser 1, Visser 1, because she's been demoted. Very true. Also, the next line is literally like, I could feel... The I could feel his evil across the stars! The <laughs> oh my so god. Funny. Every because fucking time. She picked up the phone and was coming out of the receiver. Like a cold gust of wind in my soul. <laughs> I felt his evil across the phone line. <laughs> and that would be an awesome shirt for us to make. I felt his evil across the universe. I felt his evil across <laughs> the galaxy. Yeah. One day when we have ABC merch, we'll probably never have it. We're gonna just make t-shirts of all the random shit we say on this show. The ones we have so far are... I felt his evil across the galaxy. Um, and then in my head, I have a cool one where it's like, we hook up at the barn, and then the next one is, we hook up at the barn, hook up at the barn, hook up at the barn, hook up at the It's just like, it's evolving. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I think that'd be fun. Anyway, that's 
that's too far in advance to know. But there, it's 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 later. Marco won't shut the fuck up with the tweet, tweet, tweet. Like he keeps tweeting really loud. You know, he's always on Twitter and stuff. Um, that wasn't. Don't don't laugh at that. If you laugh at that, rethink some things about yourself. Because it wasn't funny. I love Bryn. Rethink some stuff about yourself. Um, So so mean to me today. I'm not mean. I'm that's kindness. (laughs) Just telling you not to laugh (laughs) at my joke. That's a good thing. (laughs) Um, Fair enough. But um, I mean, what a lot. Fair enough. What? Zoloft? No, I said I'm a little lost, but fair enough. Oh, okay. Um, but the, he's like, yes, uh, the president of the network will be at the Solid Citizen Awards Banquet this weekend. As you know, That's I will be receiving thing. an award. Of course it's not a thing! <laughs> I fully expect the human to take the occasion to offer me a primetime slot for the coming season. Basically, he's just, you know, trying to get some good slots on the TV. Sure, yeah. And then, like, Marco throughout this whole thing is just tweeting very, very, very loud. Um, and tweet, 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 tweet. Um, and then, um, that's very good. Tenant, thank you. Uh, uh, Tenant William Wiser, ten- Wart is like, uh, excuse me, Visser. And he like puts his hand on the phone and then he turns to Marco and is just like, Shut the shut the fuck up <laughs> with spit, and he's just and like, and he's like, no, up, you filthy creature, you filthy creature, and then he twerk, <laughs> um, and then he's like, no, 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 I don't feel I should kill the bird, but I I must maintain William Roger Tennant's animal loving image. But yes, these cockatiels are very annoying. And he's like, yes, one day we will exterminate all irrelevant creatures. Looking forward to it. I. Uh, this guy is such a boring so year. Can I be honest? Yeah. He's so boring. Like, he's not interesting. But then again, I have a sneaking suspicion that Mr. Wirt is not going to show up in any other books. No. He doesn't matter. <laughs> and then he's like, um, yes, Mr. Yes, Visser. Yes, Visser. And then he hangs up and he's like, oh, I am going to kill you. Because Marco crapped on his desk. Oh, yeah, he took a poopy. What? Uh What? Nothing. Nothing. That's right. Anyway. And then he's uh, like... He closes the blinds and starts to like... Very like literally uh, like, hits Marco with a book and then like fully starts to suffocate Marco. Oh my god, that's true. He like he like has his hand and it's like it's so funny because he doesn't at this point he doesn't know Marco is not a bird. He just is yeah, he just is, wanted is, to kill a bird. He just wanted to kill it. You know? And and he's like suddenly he's like his head looks like it's about to to pop. And then Marco is like, "Oh, it's the the real, the real, the real, the real, the real, the real word is is um fighting against is fighting against the fake word." And and he's like, "Oh, if only you could hear 
the stupid the the, the cries of my host, and then he's like stroking. <laughs> I'm sorry to see it's like it's a little bit scary, but now that I'm rereading it, it's kind of funny. With the only reason it's, it's very funny, cartoon villain holding the, a cat. <laughs> the only reason that it's funny to me is because he doesn't fucking know Marco is like anything other than a normal bird. He's just saying all this to a normal bird, which is something no one would do. <laughs> and it's really funny to me. Man is weird. Man is Man's a weird, weird man. Um, But he's like, yeah, I hate this host. I'm a warrior. Ugh. I learned, to, I, I yearn to lash out and strike and kill all the things I say. I don't care. Um, <laughs> this is the true gamer. He's he's the <laughs> guys. We all know that this is just a tactical gamer tactic. Like he's about to say the gamer word. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. He's he's gamer. It's fine. He's a gamer. It's fine. Fine. This is the real gamer. He's a war. Gamers, as we all know, are true warriors. Mhm. 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 He's like a warrior trapped in this hideous charade. Can you imagine, little birdie, how it pains me to be nice and kind and polite morning, noon, and night? How I yearn to lash out, to strike, to kill all the fools that surround me. But no, I cannot. No. I would not be in character for work. (laughs) Great advocate of human (laughs) virtue. Bah. <laughs> There's a game we play in theater called Bah. Bah humbug. We're just like he's like fully a psycho. He's a psycho. This dude's insane. And I'm like, is he really all that different than other ones? Not really. I don't. Um, I mean, it's kind of a violent species. At least, I mean, it doesn't sound any different than Visser 3. Except Visser 3 is fucking stupid and wouldn't even think to probably, like, close the blinds. It's so true. Wirt, in this instance, is more entertaining than Visser 3 has ever been. (laughs) In that little monologue We're so mean to him! (laughs) We're so mean to Visser 3. Anyway. Yeah, he, like, holds up Marco... And he's like, what's your name, little birdie? Tell William Roger Tennant your name. And this is fucking stupid. Because then he's like, I don't know this bird's name. And he's like, you know, a little bit of a freak out because he's like, this guy's going to kill me if I don't tell him his name. Um, which is dumb because Will- the Yurkin side of Wirt would know that because Wirt knows that sometimes birds don't follow commands because they're birds. Mm-hmm. I think he was just looking for an excuse to actually kill this bird. I mean, yeah, he starts freaking out when he thinks he's a... He's like, oh, you don't know your name? You must be an Andalite bandit! <laughs> Wouldn't this be... This would be so funny if this was not Marco and it was just... It was just a normal bird. bird! Like, that's what I'm saying! That's why this is so like stupid! Weren't even there. And he's They're just not even in the room. Running. To this yeah. bird with nothing in its brain, just nothing <laughs> behind those eyes, <laughs> nothing but a tweet, tweet. Um, but he's like, 
Oh my god, and he's like, oh, you're definite. He's just kind of, he's like, oh, I guess you're one of the Andalite bandits. Computer, sound the alarm. Found the alarm. <laughs> he started playing Nicki Minaj. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, uh, he's like chasing Marco around. Rachel like grabs his ponytailed toupee. Um, oh yeah, it's a toupee. There's so many toupees in this series. Yeah, I don't this know like what it is about toupees. It's toupees and blondes in the wild. In the yeah. wild, like. <laughs> hey, I don't know what I, I support people who have toupees, man. You know. That's true. I guess you would never know if someone was wearing a toupee, because that's, like, the point. Um, I just feel like there's a lot in this series. And you're right, a lot of Yeah, a lot of, a lot of toupees are, are with villains. I don't understand. But whatever, I guess. He's trying to morph back, and all of a sudden... Wait a minute. I'm a fish. He's a he's a he's a bird trout. He's a bird fish. Uh, oh yeah, he's trying he's to morph a into a bird, fish. and he's a bird fish. And he can't breathe. And Tobias is and like, "Get it together, out. Gorge. <laughs> Get it together, babes. We don't have time for this. Get it together. Um, get it fucking together." Anyway, they get out. They it's a big, big action scene, but they get out of there, and they hook up at the barn. And Jake is like. Um, ex fucking excuse me. Ex fucking excuse me. Why um, didn't you tell us well, this? Yeah, Jake is livid. I would also be livid. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Because it's pretty dumb. Because that's like that's that's not just a Marco thing. That's like a that's an endangering the rest of the team thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and Marco's like, I don't know. I didn't think it was a big deal. And he's like, Rachel's like, no, no, you're right. You end up half trout, half gorilla, and we're all playing pin the tail on the horpagier. Why would that be a problem? Great comeback. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And then this is where they mention the al- This is where they mention the, the, the reaction. That's what it's called. Because there's already the, the sickness. Incident. The crocodile incident. Right. Um... But they're like, what is the deal, Marco? What's wrong with you? And Cassie's like, look, he's like, look, my dad is dating, okay? And they're all like, that's it? And Cassie's like, um, I don't know if you fucking noticed, but his dad isn't, his mom isn't exactly dead, and his dad is not exactly a widower. And Jake is like, oh, sorry, I didn't think that. He's like, oh, sorry. It literally, sorry. It didn't click wide, right away. What? Why wouldn't it click right away for you? You're his best friend. Babe, what is, what is there to not, what is not, what is, how, why are we not putting the pieces together? Home slice. Um, uh, whatever. Like, I get that Cassie is supposed to be the most empathetic of all of them, but Jake, come on, use your brain. Yeah. Um. And then this um, is where they pitch the therapy idea to Marco. She's yeah, like, he's like, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, and he's like, motherfucker, what the fuck do you want me to say? And then Cassie's like, well, what about us? We're your friends, you know? Keeping stuff all locked inside is what makes you get so stressed. And then he's like, 
Cassie, everyone here has problems. Axe is the only member of his species within a trillion miles who's not a controller. You're a pacifist who spends half her time battling aliens. Jake is just a dumb jock trying to play General Eisenhower. Rachel is about three millimeters away from morphing permanently into the Terminator. Oh, and by the way, it's Vice is a bird who lives in a tree, eats mice for breakfast. We all have problems. We're not exactly the poster for mental health of the week. And Jake's like, I'm soft. <laughs> the only That's thing what he gets. Dumb jock. Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah, you are. And Marco's like, the point of this, he was like, the point is we're all hanging by our fingernails. What right do I have to go nuts? She's like, as much right as anyone's. True! She's so tr- it's true. It's so true. It's so true, Cassie. <sighs> mm. The only one with sense. Yeah. <laughs> Never make um, that noise again. Tasty. Um, <laughs> but they're like, all right, we have to, okay, can you just, uh, Marco's like, I just gotta get a grip. And Jake is like, okay, cool, let's focus. Not to belittle Marco's problem. We have a mission. We gotta take down the work. And they're like, all right, his public propona, <laughs> his public propona is polypoles. <laughs> Except for Pat, he's a complete plony plune. His plony plaw seems to be playing a plue play. What? What is it, Bryn? What is it? You broke my brain. Anyway, we might as well popone and pay it off on the poem park. (laughs) (laughs) I spit out some of my coffee. No, be careful. Don't choke. Don't poke. I'm gonna kill you. You can't kill me. You'd have to drive Um, up five hours to do so. Bet. I will. Bet. I'm driving up right now. You think I won't? You think I won't? I'm already in the car, bitch. Um, (laughs) I'm recording this right now in my Honda Civic. Hey, it's a Hyundai Accent. Get your (laughs) Hey. It's a Hyundai. Hey, that's Ace we're talking about. Shut the fuck up. Um, I feel like it's pretty appropriate that my car's nickname is Ace. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> I love that little car. Um, my car is named Dimitri. I do remember this. What was Dimitri. your old car's name? Gustav. Herbert Gustav. I knew Gustav. something. Gustav. I love. He's named after Gustav Mahler. My favorite composer. Dimitri yeah. is named after Dmitry Shostakovich, my other favorite composer. And then I think I my next... I thought of Senor Gunz. What? Go ahead. Oh, no, no. What were you... Sorry. What did you immediately think of? Mr. Gustav from the Grand Budapest. Mr. Hotel? Yeah, yeah. I go to bed with all my friends. Um... I'm, I'm gonna name my... If I get another car, I'm gonna... If, it's, if the unthinkable happens. I'll name my next car um, Von Will- uh, uh, Rafe. Not not Rafe Fines, but Rafe Von Williams. I, I want to name all my cars after composers. I love that for you. I also have a pencil case. Do you know my little turtle pencil case? Not personally. You haven't seen my, per- my turtle pencil case? Mm-mm. It's a little turtle. Oh, its name is Borodine. I haven't seen you in two years, Denny. I had this my I had this one and we were going to college together. It's a little turtle. Hold on. Hold on. Scan back. 
hold on. Everybody stand back. Is the zipper part of the show? Like on the yes. top of the show? Yes. And he yeah, has a little he has a little hmm face, you know? Yeah. Kinda, he yeah. kinda looks like me. A little bit. Oh yes, he's my son. So of course he looks like me. <laughs> anyway. Uh composers and cars and they have trauma and they're gonna go home. I like that you went through all of that to tell me there was a lot of exposition about the turtle pencil case to not even tell me what its name is. Oh, I Make did. I did. His name is his name is Borodin. Or Borodin. Okay. But or you can call him Alexander, which is his first. I'll make a note of it. Um, write that down, please. Thank you. Um, and then he's like, oh. Marco walks home. Oh my god, this is so in. relatable. This is so relatable. Wait a minute. He's like, the long walk home gave me a lot of time to think. It took me only two blocks to come to a conclusion. I hated my life. <laughs> Mood. It's so good. Mood. Um, but anyway, he's walking home and he sees there's some lights on in his, um, there's some lights on in his home. And he's like, oh, fuck. There shouldn't be, or no, 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 the lights are out. There's no lights on in his home. He's like, oh, shit. I don't like this. And there's no, the garage is open and his dad's car is parked inside. And whose car was parked in the driveway? And he's like, oh, fuck. I thought it was actually Visser. Um, Me too. I thought it was actually Visser, Visser 1 or Visser 3. I thought one of the two was showing up for some fucking reason. Um, and then he's like, all right, this is it. This is it. It's over. And he, like, slowly opens the door. And then, gets <laughs> attacked by, a, sorry, by a creature. And he and the, the light, he slips the lights on. And this, oh God, I felt so bad for Marco, but also felt really bad for his dad and Mrs. Robinette, because he he turns on the lights and Mrs. Robinette is uh making out with his dad, and they're about to, you know, have the fuck. <laughs> they're about to have sexual relations. Yeah, they're like fully making out, and Marco walks in. Yeah, because oh, he says <laughs> he says, in fact. Mrs. Robinette was sitting more on my dad than on the couch. <sighs> Damn. Oh, Elucid is also still, like, maul- trying to, like, maul Marco. <laughs> yeah. So he literally just picks more- the, this- this perm on a dog, this permed dog, up by the neck. It's and a little poodle. And then basically, like, just kind of tosses him. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and he just goes up to his room and tries yeah. to erase that picture from his mind. Yeah, that is so awful. God, that's probably the worst thing that could have happened to him. Like, like I know, like the whole like, oh man, a controller. But like walking in on his on his dad about to you know have the sex with his math teacher. While his mom is still alive, is so awful, oh. and I feel so bad. Oh, this poor kid. But yeah, he's like, you know what? I've got everything under control. It's the next day. Nothing is wrong. I've got everything under the control. All we need to do is, is you know, show the world the the wacko, the wacko kooky kookamundo that that William Roger Tennant 
really is. So they're going to this banquet, that the banquet that that were mentioned before. And he's like, all right, we morphed eagles and we flew to the hotel and we go to the hotel and we are in the hotel and then we're planning it. And uh, the dinner, the, the, <laughs> they're about to do dinner and they like, um, they're roaches and they're trying to find tenants, William Roger tenants food. And they're going to freak him out with the, you know. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this entire part of the book because it takes place for the most part. Oh, in yeah. The I was going to, um, I was going to say that. Yeah. It's just really funny to me. Um, yeah. Some of these things. It feels, oh, oh yeah, especially. I was going to ask you if, like, how much of this is accurate. <laughs> I mean, every restaurant is a little bit different, so I can't, I mean, I can't speak for, like, I can just speak to, like, my personal experience. Um, but he says at one point, the kitchen was a massive swirling activity. Half of the, half the gymnasium-sized area consisted of several huge stoves, ovens, and slicing tables. Dozens of cooks were trimming steaks, slicing onions, and mixing sauces. Yummy. Gymnasium? 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 I don't know. My kitchen... The Okay, my restaurant has probably 300 tables. Um... Yeah, I would say about 300 tables. So it's a fairly large restaurant. I mean, it's pretty huge. Um, We have a ton of seating. And, like, the kitchen is... I mean, the actual line is about the size of, like, a regular kitchen. That's not counting the other side of the line, which is Expo, which is where all of the food actually goes out, where the runners, like, grab the food and take it out. to mm. um like the actual restaurant we have a dry storage and a huge walk-in the dry storage is about the size of like also like a normal kitchen but we have an eight burner stove a grill two fryers and two um flat top grills that's it for the entire restaurant um and then we have line fridges where we do most of the prep work and assembly so like mm. how big is this fucking hotel to have a kitchen I this think, sized? I, I think it's because it's a catering thing, you know? Maybe? Yeah. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. It just seems like gymnasium. My my high school gymnasium was huge, so maybe I'm just getting this scale wrong. But like that feels weird. Um but also, like, depending on if this is a five-star hotel, um, there might not be stations. Everything might be from scratch, and each chef is, like, in charge of their own thing start to finish. So, like, who knows? I doubt that since this is a banquet and everything has to be made in bulk, but, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, like, the stainless steel shelves, stack of plates. Yep. That's a, that's a thing. This French guy... With the, yeah, the garden manager, the garden manager. He's dressed so he's he's dressed up like um, Marco is dressed like a like a chef, dude. He's he's dressed like a waiter, a server. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also, we everyone, at, at least at my restaurant, we bring our own uniforms. Uh, we have a pretty lax dress code. Um, it's just like black shirt, black pants, uh, nice shoes. We get the aprons provided to us. Um, and on the line, we're pretty, like, we're a little bit more casual. We don't have to wear button downs. Uh, but, like, everyone brings their own. So, like, there wouldn't just be, like, a bag of, like, <laughs> of dirty uniforms um for them but this is black tie so that makes sense that there would be um like back stock of uniforms in case somebody forgot theirs we have a jimmy Um, john's shirt (laughs) and then you have to wear jeans i learned part of our our dress code was for some reason you have to wear jeans i came to work uh, with jeans of some kind i I came to work in sweats once because I just didn't care. I was in sweatpants and they were like, yo, future reference, you gotta wear jeans. And I'm like, what? That's stupid. Okay. That's weird. Some of my coworkers wear slacks. Like, all the line. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway. My coworkers are like impeccably dressed. I don't know how they do it. Yes. But he kind of, uh, I think, yes, yes, okay, I understand the plan. So he he's trying to find the te- the salad of William Roger Tennant, and the guy is like, "Yo, you need to." He's like, goes up to the gal to my jail, and he's like, "You need to take out the tomatoes." He doesn't like tomatoes, and he's like, "Okay." And the only reason they're doing he's doing that is so that he can know what salad is William Roger Tennant's. But he he's going to morph into a wolf spider and crawl onto the salad, pretty much. And he's uh, about to morph into a wolf spider, and then, oh no, he's also morphing into a skunk. Oh no, that's not good. That French guy was so mean to Marco, it made me so mad. Well, he's like the bad guy in Ratatouille. I know, but like... You should always be nice to servers. I didn't always, know Ratatouille is a dish. That's true. I always just be, really nice to, be nice to service people. Yeah, just be nice to people. Like, it's not that hard. Also, like, servers have not one of the hardest people. jobs in the entire restaurant. Be nice to them. Customers are mean enough. Um, also, Marco just should have said that Burton had a tomato allergy. It's, I don't know. Um, but that would have been too easy. But... Um, he he. What, what was I gonna say? I, don't I didn't. Oh, this, I was gonna talk about Ratatouille the dish, but he's crawling up the the wall, and it was because I was just shot. I was surprised that Ratatouille the dish is totally vegan. It's all veggies. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no meat involved, and I've been I really wanted to try. I really want to try it. Honestly, it sounds Make very it. tasty. Yeah. It's um, hard. yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I don't have a mandolin. I don't have a mandolin. I could only make the soup. I only have an Instapot. I only have an Instapot. I'm sure you can figure out how to do it. I'm sure you could. Okay. Also, but maybe, maybe like buy a knife. We have one tiny little knife. I don't know how big of a knife we're allowed in McLaughlin. Because in in our other in our. In our old dorm, we weren't allowed any any knives above three I know, inches. I remember when I was like 
And you had a full-on knife. My pocket knife? Yeah. I did have a full-on knife in the dorms. <laughs> uh, it's because I didn't care. Anyway, um, he's a... Marco's like a spider skunk. Oh, yeah, he's a spider and skunk. Like, and they're all, like... like, popping in and out of him. <laughs> it's really disturbing. And people are chasing you know, him with a broom. And yeah, he's and yeah, and the others are in cockroach morph, so they can't see. It, and they're like, "Marco, are you okay?" What the he's fuck like, is oh, happening? I'm just running. I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's I'm fine. fine. We're like literally hitting him with a broom. Um, and he, yeah, he tries to spray them, and then he can't. And then he, yeah, and then he he demorphs. Off. He, he thought speaks to them, and he's like, I'm going to turn into a huge monster and eat you if you don't leave me alone. Oh, yeah. And they do. Thank God these aren't, these weren't controllers. Yeah, um, I don't know what, I guess, yeah, that's way too yeah. big for risk, but whatever. Um, Gotta get this plot going somehow. Um, And he's like, <laughs> he, he, he morphs back, and then he's out in the alley cleaning the pig bucket. And then he's like, I haven't decided what I'm going to do when or if I survive this war and actually become an adult. But one thing I know for sure, it won't involve working in a restaurant. And then I made a note saying, haha, Bryn. Shut the fuck up. How do you feel? I like my job. How do you feel about that, sir, oh. ma'am? About what? About him, not him to work in a restaurant? His slander of the restaurant industry. It's not for everybody. That's Okay. okay. I was, I was expecting I more of a I was expecting more of an explosive reaction, you know, for the cameras. Oh, for the sorry. I mean, hey, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I yeah. have feelings, and they've been hurt. <laughs> Damn it, Bryn! You're not giving the people what they need. Sorry. Um, no, actually, like, if you don't want to work in a restaurant, that's totally okay. It's, like, it can be really stressful, and it's really hard, like, on your body, and it's weird hours, and people can be mean, so it's not for everybody, and that's totally okay. Okay. Sorry, oh. were you expect what were you expecting? I was expecting a little bit more. Ah, I'm angry! Ah! Is that what they sound like when I'm ah, angry? No, that's uh, that's just what I think angry people sound like. When oh, I'm okay. in a scene, when I'm acting in a scene where they need me to be angry, the first thing I get is I give them is a ah, ah, stop it, <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Anyway, um, they're fine. Uh, he he shovels out the pig bucket. Um, yeah. Um, we don't have a pig bucket. Yeah, I I I mean I didn't we have one have of those. Trash cans. Insane. We just have trash bag. We just throw trash in the trash bag. It's a little bit gross. But okay. Um, um, the pig bucket. Um, and he's like, they they didn't get the tomatoes on the tomato thing. So they have to do the other part of the plan. It involves Hansen, which is who is also there. Van Hansen is also there. Um, you know, as you do. 
And the problem is they the 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 Gald Majel did not um take the tomatoes off of the salad. So they have that's, no idea whose salad is is whose. Yeah, that's somebody who um isn't doing his job right. Oop. There's like okay, okay. Sometimes if like people make a ridiculous request, we won't do it. But like I don't know. For the most part, like if you really yeah if it's like a food preference this is just for everybody for like if you go to a restaurant um if it's oh shit sorry. oh brand it's time it's it's time your alarm's going um, off <laughs> it's twelve thirty-four. i don't know why it goes off every time at the same day every yeah every day at the same time there you go anyway um, if you go to a ref- restaurant and you just have a food preference, make sure to let them know that it's a food preference. Um, if we me- like, if somebody messes up, like we're happy to remake it. But like, if it's an allergy, be sure to say that. And if yeah, he didn't say allergy. He just said food allergy, preference. Yeah, like if it's an if it's a food preference and not an allergy, that's like don't say that because we have to like scrub the entire line. And it's like a whole thing make sure that nothing's contaminated anyway that's just my little soapbox but i think in this instance like the saving the world instance that's totally okay a little white light is fine yes anyway uh i'm trying to remember what happens here marco i think axe coat swoops in at some point yeah oh yes so plan b because plan a didn't exactly work out so axe is uh going to I don't know why they chose Axe to do it, but Axe and Marco are going to feign being um, servers. Again, literally the worst possible person they could have chose to do the job. But okay. For sure. But um, it's for the plot. Okay. And I do for the plot. Um, but he's like, all right, what happens? <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. So they Wait, carry. No, I, no, I remember. I oh, oh. okay, you can do it. You can do it. Oh, no. Wait, you want to do it? I think I figured it out what happens. All right, I want to see how much of this do you remember. So they are basically going to just carry the salad. Like they, they're going to make sure that they're going to carry the salad over to William Roger Tennant. And as they're doing it, uh, oopsie, they spilled the salad. Uh, well, cause, cause there's some leftover salad and, and Axe ended up kind of slurping up some of it. Cause you know, he's Axe, um, and his face is smeared in, in dressing and he's reaching for other plates and, and then the leftover salad flies into work and he's like, oh, wow. Um, and then. Uh, oh, wait, this is why they chose it. Okay, yes, this is why they chose Axe. It's because they wanted him to do this. Because they want Tenant to freak out. I'm sorry. I was I was scrolling to get where you are, and I came across the line, I'm qu- Axe saying, I'm quite capable of this simple maneuver. Marco was merely concerned that I would go postal, but I have no mail. I love him. <laughs> I love my son. Um, my son. Anyway, yeah, he's literally like licking the plates. That's my sound effect. Uh, uh, and then, like, 
um they all uh uh like like axe is like you must give me the plate and Tenon's like i'm not quite done and he's like you must give me the plate <laughs> they're like wrestling for the plate tug of war for this salad yes and his hand is loaded with fleas that's what happens they're doing fleas now <laughs> i remember and then Tenant is like i'm gonna kick your and then Asks, and Marco is like, hey, I'm really, I'm a really big fan. Can I have an autograph? And it's just like, we got the autograph. Um, and they end up sitting at a chair and it's just like, they're like, can I join you? And they're like, there's only one chair. And then it's like, it's okay. We're very good friends. And he sits down and yanks Axe onto his lap. And I was like, ah. oh, this is bisexual. Something LGBT happened just on oh. this page. Something LGBT <laughs> just happened on this page. <laughs> <laughs> I think Axe is a little fruity also. I'm not gonna lie. Anyway. <laughs> I gotta say, Axe is a little fruity. You know, if I'm just being Franklin, he's kind of fruity. Um he's a what? Axe nothing. 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 I just No, I, I wanna hear it. I, I would love to hear it. I just think that Axe is um the ace representation that I personally have been waiting for. Um, I live. <laughs> I love that everybody's like oddly attracted to him. I love that. It's so great for him. Yes, wonderful. Um, so William Roger Tennant is uh, uh doing his speech, and the fleas uh are uh, the animorphs are underneath the toupee, and uh he's you know biting. They're biting at him, and uh. And William Rogerson is like, I tried to wrap this all up in one word. That word is love. Is <laughs> very uh, itchy and getting ink. Ooh, he's losing it. Somehow he makes it through the entire speech, sweating, veins bulging, but like he keeps his he keeps he gets it together. He keeps his composure. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, Jay's like that should have worked on any normal human. It would have worked. I'm out of ideas. I don't know what that comment was supposed to mean. Yeah, I don't know. I highlighted it because I thought it was gonna be foreshadowing, and no, he's just a random dude. He's just some guy. He's mean to birds. Oh yeah. But anyway, anyway, Marco goes home, and uh, guess who's there? It's Cassie. It's therapy time. And Cassie's like, look, you are not fine because you just blew a morph. And Jake bought it and Rachel bought it, but I didn't, bitch. I heard it in your thoughts, speak. You blew it, whore. And he's like, she's like, look, I, I get all of it, okay? We're under pressure. We're all barely hanging on. And besides, you're a guy and the guy code is you never talk about your feelings. And Marco's like, how do you That's know about the guy bullshit. code? Well, I mean that I think it's true that there's like a there's I think it's very it's very true that there's kind of an unspoken rule among masculinity that you don't talk about your feelings. Um mm-hmm. and he's like, "Look, I, I, I we all look, I have both of my parents at home with me. You know, they don't know anything about Yerks, but I know that they love me and and they're there when I get home. And Jake is the same. Rachel's parents are divorced, and he's like, "Look at what a pillar of mental health she is." 
And then she's like, but Rachel has her mom and she talks constantly to her dad and she has her little sisters and she has me. But Marco, for two years after your mom died, at least everyone, or at least everyone thought she was dead. Your dad totally fell apart. You were the man of the house. No one was here to take care of you. And he's like, I take care of myself. Bummer drummer that you think that. Um, hmm. And then she's like, and then we found out your mom was still alive. Only she wasn't your mom anymore. Her body had been taken over by a year. And she was the enemy. In the space of a few months, you've gone from believing your mother is dead to almost having to try and literally destroy her. That mission against her and Visser 3, you were setting her up to take a fall. You were intimately involved with leading Visser 1, your mother, into a trap that- Shut up! Shut up! I bumped my microphone. It's okay. And he's like- You were into it. You were into it. <laughs> and he's like, God, what did I do? Because he's thinking about, you know, all the shit that happened in a couple books ago. Uh, and he's like, what did I do? And she's like, you're in a war, Marco. You're here in your own living room, eating cookies and watching TV and going to school on Monday, but you're in a war. Bad things have happened to you. And he's like, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't need to talk about it. And she's like, you know, you, can, you need to be honest with yourself. And he's like, okay. I said noncommittally, I'll do that. Um, and he's like, she's like, you know, at the clinic, we're always getting animals who are hurt or injured by humans, by jerks who shoot at them for no reason or try to burn them or whatever. And I used to get so mad. I just hated those people. And I feel like I was wasting my time because, you know, there's always some jerk with a 22. I'd rage about it. But my dad told me, deal with what is. Help means help the animal is hurt. Help the animal. Right. <laughs> In your case, Marco. Sorry. Or in your case, Marco, it means that the Yerks are here, your mother is Visser 1, and your dad is lonely. None of that should be, but it is. And I had, that's a purple line, folks. We got a purple line. That's a vital line to the series. None of that should be, but mm -hmm. it is. And I think that's true. If you always, so true. if you focus so much of your, uh, your mental state on what, you know, you know, what could have happened? What if I had been there? If I had done this, you know, all of this stuff and all of this awful negative stuff that's happening to me instead of instead of focusing on 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 what is in front of me right now, what can I do right now? You know, I think that's a better way to focus on on your your, you know, your sense of your trauma and your sense of healing is to focus yeah. on like what you can do right now in the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Yeah. As someone with uh, anxiety and social anxiety and, and just kind of paranoia, I think that's very helpful is just, you know, don't look at all this shit in the future in the past. You know, focus on the now, mm -hmm. even though that might seem like an insane thing to do because you need to focus on the future in order to prepare for it. But it's really not good for you. It's really not. You should just focus on what is right now and not what should Absolutely. be. I completely agree. Um, I also have really bad anxiety, and that, it's really helpful. Um, mm -hmm. That's why we get along. Yeah, yeah. Both. And I think I also think that I think that phrase is something that we needed to we need at least I need to consider when I think about you know all the shit with with Elfie and and you know my complicated feelings towards him in the fact that mm -hmm. none of these kids should be in this war. But they are, you know, 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I should probably focus my anger less on on Elfie and what he did, uh, in you know all of that the stuff that should be, and instead focus on on what is happening in the series right now. Absolutely, these like pulling it out of text, and we're just like bringing it back to real life for a quick second. Um, I read this book like last week. And I was having a pretty rough day. Um, I had a pretty rough week last week. Um, and I read that phrase, like, none of that should be, but it is. And I was like, you're so, you're so correct, Cassie, as usual. You're so right. Um, and I am constantly amazed by this book, like this series. And the fact that, I mean, it was written and published 1998, right? Um, it's 2021. It's meant for children and young adults, but like all people read it and um like it's still so relevant and it still has the ability to um to counsel people who are reading it now. Like that day I really needed to hear that phrase. So did Marco. Um and I think this is one of the reasons why, like, I really love this series and why so many people love these seri- this series is because, like, these purple, these, like, these purple lines that are re- really relevant to the themes of the entire series are also really relevant to real life. Um, and I think that's what makes this the series great because it's, like, effective relatable fiction even though it it is fiction and it's like you know battling aliens um and turning into animals but it's still really relevant to real life mm-hmm. um so I really appreciated about that about that about this series um yeah 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 sorry the, the very um, inspiring moment came out of an episode that I don't know it might feel a little bit sleepy but yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. But yeah. <laughs> but we, there was another moment at the end of this book too that we'll get into. Um that Oh girl. Found. The end of this book. Oh girl. Girl. Uh, girl. Anyway. Why does it always come back to Nietzsche? Why does it always come back to him? Because it always um, should come back to Nietzsche. Uh, Anyway, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, we'll get into sorry. Nietzsche later. I mean, That's for in a couple of minutes. Yeah, I just wanted to appreciate how uh, amazing it is that all of your purple lines are also like the purple lines of life. That's just the purple lines of life. <laughs> so true. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so um, they're at the beach. And uh, uh, Marco is wired. He is Euclid, the poodle. Um, the poodle. <laughs> He's a perfect um, killing machine. Yeah. He's a foot and a half long, and he's ready to just fuck shit up. Yeah, and he's you know, basically he's here. To, he's here to you know at um William Roger Tennant in order to make him look like a crazy. Uh huh. It doesn't work. No. Um. He's pretty. He's almost there, though. He's almost mm-hmm. there. Um, they're basically just tormenting this guy um, for you know two days. Fun. It's pretty great. 
They're just following him and tearing his sleeves and attacking him, the stupid little dog. And he's like, we don't, we've experienced things no person should ever have to experience. War and devastation, betrayal and defeat, and all the skin-crawly horrors of morphing. Win or lose, I'll have nightmares for the rest of my life. Now, unexpectedly, it was payback time. Not some morally troublesome action that might result in serious injury or even death. Some violence that would eat away at me. This was clean. This was pure. I had a yerk in my poodle sights, and he was going to suffer. Was I taking a sadistic pleasure in it all? Yes, I was. I love it. Marco is Marco is us. We are Marco. Yeah. I, this is, like, my favorite part of the book. Um, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. great. Anyway, he comes but, home. Yeah, this is <laughs> not fun. This is not fun. This, the fact that his dad was cooking and he's like, let's sit down on the table. That activated my fight or flight. Because when yeah, I was like, oh no. parents had something like serious to tell me, um, we would o- they would always make our favorite meal and sit down for dinner. So like my heart started racing. I was like, oh God, oh no. <laughs> no, 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 this poor kid. Yeah, and he's um, like, look, um, I... Uh, his his dad is like, I love your mom very much, Marco. And he's like, losing her is so hard for the both of us. She's been gone over two years now, and she's not coming back. And he's like crying, and he's like, how, Marco's like, how dare you cry? Who was he to cry? He was betraying her. He was setting her aside, consigning her to the past. He was killing her. That's what he was doing. And, and his dad is like, we can't. Sorry, it's a very loud helicopter. His dad is like, we can't keep spending the rest of our lives grieving for her. And, and for the first time since she died, I've actually been happy. Nora and I, I think it's what your mother would have wanted. She would have wanted us to move on with our lives, to be happy. Doesn't that make sense? And he's like, no, 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 because she's my mom. She's his wife. So no, cut off all the weepy crap. Cut out the self-pity. No, she's my mom. And he's like, Nora and I have been talking about getting married, but we won't do it without you, okay? And he's like, what if it's not okay? And his dad is like, Marco, we're a team. We've been through it all together. If you say no, I'll accept that. Marco's like, great. It's on me. Typical. Why not? I'll decide if my dad is happy or not. If my mom is still my mom. I'll decide if she lives or if she dies so that I, the great Marco, the great cold-blooded Marco, can prove how how tough I am by leading her into a trap, setting her up. And he's like digging his fingernails into the side of his head. And he's, he's like, I'm going to explode. Some artery in my head was going to blow apart. It was too much, way too much. I'm out of here, I said. I got up and I ran for the door. And I thought it was interesting. This this passage is, is interesting for a, a myriad of reasons, but one of them is that he's acting kind of like um, William Ten. He's, he's acting kind of like Wirt. Mm-hmm. With the whole, oh, I'm going to explode, yeah. Very much like uh, mm-hmm. William Roger Tennant. But <laughs> that's rough, buddy. It fucking sucks. This kid's in therapy. Stat. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very sad. I mean, I. The thing is, our perspective on this is weird because we know Visser Three. Me, we and Marco know Visser Three is alive. His dad has no idea. So, from his dad's perspective, and from anyone who doesn't know what Marco is going through. He seems like a real jerk here. Like, he's preventing his dad from being happy. But on the other hand, 
it's it's true that his his mom isn't dead. But on the other other hand, I feel like he would be thinking these things even if his mom was actually dead. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's there's a lot going on. There's a lot here. Um Yeah. Yeah. We're like the reader in any series automatically kind of has like a unique perspective. The reader always plays their own role. But I feel like in this spirit series specifically, because there's like we get the dramatic irony from everybody's perspective. Like we know because we have books from multiple people's point of view and we have the um like the specials the Annalite Chronicles, the Horkajir Chronicles, like, we have a lot more information than all the kids. So we just have to constantly, like, keep that in mind. Um, mm -hmm. Which is hard. <laughs> and it's, it's hard <laughs> to, um, yeah, to keep that, like, when Marco's acting like a dick in somebody else's book, we have the ability to like remember how he's feeling when the other kids don't. Yeah. Um, I think it's that's rough. also why when somebody's acting like out of character, it's so obvious to us. Yeah. Because we see these kids from every angle. We know what's in uh, their mind. We see into your head. I see, see into your, your mind. Soul. And it is stupid. That's so from. I'm not calling the kids stupid. No, no, no. I'm I'm quoting the um, the undercover boss SNL sketch with Kylo Ren. Oh yeah, I see into <laughs> your mind. I heard Kylo Ren was shredded. I heard Kylo Ren had an eight pack. <laughs> that guy, that little yeah. punk, he looks like he's eight pounds soaking wet under that little black dress. <laughs> I haven't had my muffin yet, Matt. <laughs> so That's just so funny. Sorry I killed oh, your son. Yeah. Signed, Kyle. <laughs> that sketch is so good. Wait. It's so good. I really, I can't wait for um the SNL sketches coming out that are going to be making fun of Dune. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Because you know they're probably going to my wife says there's no spice in the bedroom. She calls me Karen Harkonnen because there's no spice in the bedroom. Jenny knows how much I love Dune, and we both saw it this past uh, week or two, and she's been slowly collecting Dune memes to send to me. So yeah. sometimes my like I'll be at work, and I'll pull out my phone, and then she, the Fremen killed them all. Melting gorilla. <laughs> so, maybe we'll post some of them on Twitter research. So the best funny. one, the um, best one is still from at Post and Monkey from from Kristen Girl Autumn. It says having sex with no rhythm as to not attract the attention of Shy Halud. That is still the best <laughs> one, and it will always be the best one. Oh my god! When I tell you, I cried. They are so that shit funny. Is so funny. You need to read the book now. It'll, I want to read the book now. I want to read the book. <laughs> you absolutely should. I want you to read it so we can talk about it more. Oh um, yeah. Before the movie came out, I've I've ever since like the movie was even 
like um what it when you announced that's the word mm-hmm. um i've been going on dune rants to jenny for years now um, mm-hmm. that's the only reason i understood a lot of stuff in that movie i gotta be honest that's fair they didn't, really, didn't they did they didn't do a good job if you if the, you didn't tell me what was going on with the bene Gesserit, i would have no fucking clue what the fuck what they were talking about yeah, I, I've heard though from people who watched the movie that, and also read the book. They were like, "I like that it didn't dumb shit down. Like it was like, no, we're making Doom. We're getting very complicated with it because it's Doom. Because that's I, how it and is and I'm like, okay, kind of like thrown into the. I don't know how. I haven't read the book, so context. I don't know. Yeah, they just kind of. It's very true to the book in the, in the fact that it just like you just have to figure shit out on your own. Like yeah. it doesn't. It's like there's no explanation. At, like you're very much just like kind of placed in the center of this conflict, um, like you're actually there, and you just have to figure out the context. Yeah. Anyway, we cannot get on a Dune tangent because that will take up twenty minutes of our time. Uh, anyway, um, they're on the roof of forthcoming. That's forthcoming. Yeah. So they're on the roof of the TV studio, and they're like, "All right, Jake's like, here's the plan." Axe and I are going to hit the control booth. Margo gets harassment duty, as usual. We may only have a few seconds, maybe a minute of airtime before we get shut down. We have to catch on camera William Roger Tennant losing control. Rachel and Cassie will be in the studio as backup. Tobias is outside on lookout. And keeping an eye on the crew's pre-show meeting. Got it? See, when you explain the plan, that's how you know it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. We, we all know that plot device now, but... yeah. Hey. Um, but yeah, the plan is so he's gonna morph Euclid before the show began and you know, make him look crazy. Didn't go well. Um except yeah. he starts to morph into the poodle, except he's not morphing into the poodle, he's morphing into a poodle bear. Poodle bear is um, yes, poodle bear. A polar poodle? I like poodle bear. A poodle bear. They say yeah. Pooh Bear in, in the book, but I like Poodle Bear. I think that's fun. I agree. I also like Polar Poodle, but mm. it doesn't have the same ring to it. Um, but it's just funny. He's just a poodle that's a, a big poodle, basically. Basically, yeah. He's basically just a poodle with, like, a polar bear's head. Um, yeah. But he's sure. basically about to kill William Roger Tennant. And Cassie's like, uh, what's going on? Get it together. Like, how's it going? And Jake is like, Marco, cope now. That's an order. And then Marco's like, oh, I'm better now. And then Marco is like. Basically, basically Jake just yells at him. He's like, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how much, like, wait, what it is. Wait, let me find it. He's like, I don't um, care. Oh, we like, have zero time on, for your... Marco, talk to me. We're your friends. And Jake's like, talk to my butt. Marco, cope now. That's in order. Um, yeah. And Jake, he's like, she's like, he's going through stuff. He's stressed. His dad is. She, Cassie's like, he's like, Cassie, you know I love and admire you. He said the L word. That's not important. Um, <laughs> but be quiet. You, <laughs> Marco, listen to me. We we have zero time for your self pity. I don't care what your problems are. You deal with this right now. I 
do you feel, Jenny? How do you feel about this? I kind of about this exchange. Sometimes I need that. You know, like I, I, I don't, I don't I, need to talk through my shit in a. If I was in a crisis situation like this, I wouldn't need to talk through my problems. I just need to get it together for a couple of seconds. Absolutely, I agree. At first, I was like, "Hey," and then I remembered, like, sometimes you just need, sometimes you just need a brisk slap in the face. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know what to tell you. Like, so. Yeah, and I'm he's like just perfectly in pocket. Like yeah. this is fine. Cassie is um, like, if he's having that's not exactly enlightened behavior. If he's having stress, and then Jake is like, behavior. he's like, Cassie, he's not you. He's not Rachel. He's not even me. He's Marco. What he needs to do is pull his head out of his rear end and remember what he always says: life is either tragedy or comedy. Usually, it's your choice. You can whine or you can laugh. Anyway, they, uh... What? What? It always comes back. It's full circle. Mmm, true. Anyway, they, you uh... You didn't write this series? Mmm. Maybe I did. Anyway. Are, are you Nietzsche now? Well, I'd like to be. That's fair. It's, yeah, I, I would too. Anyway, um, <laughs> so they uh, they basically they corner him, and then they're he's a, William Martin is basically about to kill Marco, and then uh, Axe is like here, uh, ready, yeah, there's Marco, and then the lights all blare, the TV turns on, and Tennant is screaming, and they're like he's like get away from me, I'll kill you all, and then one of the Andal- one of the crew members members is like oh shit an Andalite, and they're like oh my god he's crazy. Um, and then they, then Tennant realizes that the cameras are on, he's like, oh, wait a minute, this is just a misunderstanding. And, uh, the, they, they, they won. Good job. They won. Yeah. yeah. And then they're, uh, I guess a couple days later, and, uh, says, guess what a day it is. Later. Oh. A couple weeks later. And guess what day it is? It's the wedding Full day. Full on a wedding. How long how were they dating? How do you plan a proposal? How do, how, how, how do you plan a proposal, a wedding, and then execute it in two weeks? That's not possible. That's not possible, A. Like, I've got, I've got a, a wedding invitation for my friends who, are, who aren't getting married until, like, summer of 2022. Yeah. Also, how long have Nora and 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 her, his dad been been together? I don't know. Cause I, I mean, we haven't heard anything from of this to the to this effect in the series before. It makes it seem like they've only been it's together been for like two months. <laughs> I guess it's been a while since we've had a Marco book. Yeah. Um. Anyway. It's a wedding, and Marco is like, you know, I don't care it's what you're probably like. He's like, you know what? This is pretty good. Is life one a big, long, tiresome slog from sadness to regret to guilt to resentment to self pity, or is life weird, outrageous, bizarre, ironic, and stupid? You gotta go with stupid. I agree. Self pity is the easiest thing in the world. Finding the humor, the irony, the slight justification of a skewed, skeptical optimism—that's tough. 
you know, my mom, this or one, I had to set that aside and think about my dad. Time to get on with my life. I was the best man. You fill in your own joke. Rachel filled in several. A few days later, it was all done. What, uh, Nora was with, Nora was with us now. The dog too. I didn't mind Nora. I could see where we'd maybe get along. Okay. Still hated that dog. I was coming home from school when I heard the phone ring. It rings more often now with Nora around because she gets calls from parents asking why their kids are flunking math. I decided not to answer. Let the machine get it. And then I heard her voice. Marco, if you're there, pick up. My mother. To be continued in Visser! Motherfucker, they hit me with another one of this shit! That came out of nowhere. That came out of nowhere. Nowhere, mama! Um, okay. Okay, so that's where the book ends, I guess. Okay, but does that mean that Visser is not actually about Visser 3, but it's about Visser 1? I think. I was, but why is Visser 3 on the cover? Yeah, I thought it was about how he, like, rose to power or whatever. I thought that we were going to get a backstory situation. I thought we were going to actually get to know this piece of shit. Maybe we're going to get a Visser 1 backstory situation? He's on the cover, though. I don't understand. I guess we're going to find out when I read it tonight. But Maybe this is about their rivalry? Uh, I don't know. But I guess let's talk about this book first. Got any thoughts? Uh... I know you love Marco. I'm going to let you go first. Okay, sure. I, I I didn't think this book was bad, and there was a lot of really interesting stuff. I just don't think it all gelled thematically together as well as it could have. Uh, I wish there would have been more of like a focus on how William Roger Tennant, like, like, if William Roger Tennant was less of a cartoon character, it could have been a little bit of a Taylor Tobias situation where the two of them end up being kind of similar in a really interesting way, but I guess that can't happen because Marco already has an arch nemesis and it's his mom. Uh, but I, I just feel like, especially since they threw the whole to be continued in Visser thing, it really makes the rest of the book seem completely uh, not like there's no point to it, you know? Like it makes it seem it's like the only thing, episode. like the only thing people are going to remember is the whole to be continued thing. Instead of, you know, the, the stuff about therapy and the stuff about anger. And, and I think it's a shame because all that stuff about therapy and anger is really, really interesting. And it, it could have been more interesting. I still liked the book and I liked what was in it. I just wish it gelled together more, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I agree completely. Um, I, th I think that... Like, the, the ending, the Marco, if you're there, pick up, is kind of, like, it feels like all this stuff with him accepting that his mom, that his dad can move on, and, like, accepting Nora and kind of all that stuff, it, like, the ending definitely feels more like a slap in the face after that. Um, but I do wish it had gelled more, um, like you said. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't think it wasn't bad. Um, it wasn't no, exceptional yeah. either. Um, it's it kind of middle kind of, of the like road, a, you know? Yeah, it, it felt like a, a filler. It felt like it was kind of very plot. Despite all of this, it did feel like it was plot driven and it got us where we needed to go, which is which is the, the cliffhanger. Um, so, 
yeah, it had a purpose. It just could have been a little bit better. It could have been a little bit more polished, I think. Um, but yeah, that's my two cents. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, just, I also, I, I think the whole stuff about uh, Marco's dad getting married to Nora would have been better if that had been, if there had been more of that earlier in the series. Is that and then when I read this book, it made it seem like they'd only been dating for like a month and then they got engaged. Which doesn't I mean it's not like that can't happen, but it just makes me think of unhealthy relationships because that tends to be kind of a red flag when that happens. Is when they get engaged really fast. And I don't know, it cause it would it's cause Marco just discovered that he was date that his dad was dating Nora in this book. Like if he had, you know, just talked about it a couple books ago, or if one of the other characters had been like, or if Marco had been like, oh yeah, sorry, can't go, my dad's on a date, or something like that, I would have bought it. But I don't buy this relationship because it's only been like two weeks. I think I don't think he discovers that his dad is dating because they did say that he had already talked to the kids about it. Um, but, like, I think it's just revealed to us. Oh, I guess so. But if it's only been revealed to us now, it gives the feeling that it's only happened for, like, a month. To us. Yeah. Even if for the characters, it's, it's just, it's been happening for several months. How long are people together, how long are people engaged before they get married? I have no idea. Also, I mean, like, my and also how long are people together before you get married because i have a friend from high school who's together with like her now fiance for like i don't know maybe like a year before like maybe six months to a year before they got engaged whereas my brother and his girlfriend have known each other since they were eight and they've been dating since they were 16 and they're 23 now and they're getting engaged this year. So, like, I think it varies from person to person. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I mean, my friends that are getting um, married in 2022, uh, they met before, a little bit before COVID, got quarantined together, and then they, you know, <laughs> got engaged, and now they're getting married. And then my other friends who are married, they're like 26 i think met in like high school or something but i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know this kind of stuff i don't understand how long people i guess it depends on the on the couple you think i know this stuff no no i don't think you know it either (laughs) i think we're both clueless in this regard but i don't know it just seems a little too rushed for me yeah, also, I think the timeline of this entire series is weird. Because in my head, this this has been going on for, like, more than a year um, for them. But they're, like, perpetually in eighth grade. It's like, an, it's like a Phineas and Ferb situation. Like, they're always in school. And they never seem to, like... Between books, they always say that, like, oh, a couple days passed. It's been a couple of weeks. So, like, logically, mm-hmm. this, where we are in the series, it should be, like, almost over a year now. 
um, since they found Elfinger. But they're still in school and they're still in eighth grade. And like they Yeah. Summer vacation <laughs> hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, and like the weather in these books is also weird. Like there should be a little bit of season changing. I like I get that it's California. We don't have a ton of weather, but still. Um You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think this I, entire I don't the whole timeline for this series is strange. Yeah. Anyway, I still like the book. Anyway. I'll rate it like a seven. Yeah, that feels about right. Yeah. Coolio. Yeah. Gosh, I can't Coolio. wait. Bren. I cannot wait. Visser. The next no, book is finally Visser. Literally since day one <laughs> when we were looking through the covers, we were like, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one. And it is. It's going to be lit. It's finally happening. 35.5. Hype as Let's do it. Get hype. Uh, in the meantime, Bryn Get and I hype. are going to go do some paperwork uh, about our podcasting mm-hmm. partnership. But if you have thoughts of your own, you can uh, add us on Twitter at Animorph, and that's A-N-I-M-O-R-P-H-I-N. Or you can send us a voice oh, message you- on Anchor, or you can send us an email at theanimorphbookclub at gmail.com. Uh, we're also going to, I'm going to put that poll in there, so don't forget to answer the poll if you Good. want. Um, don't forget to answer the pair poll. Pairs are good. It never forget yeah. it. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Bryn. I have to go file div- Sorry, guys. We have to go file divorce now. So that's what I'm going to go do with the rest oh. of my day is work on this divorce paperwork because pairs are nasty. No. Yes. No. We're gonna, well, we're going to have to... All right. We're going to have to figure out which listeners we get in the divorce. So that's going to be a whole thing. The divorce um. is my favorite um, one of these books. I get the departure and the divorce. <laughs> the divorce is when you get divorced, and the departure is when you move out. Um, all right. <laughs> That's all the all jokes right, I've got, people. Yeah, I don't have any funny left in me. I That's didn't have okay. To begin with. That's all right. Um, all right. We will not see you, but we will see you. Next week. That was so ominous, Bryn. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you. We're watching you. (laughs) We're watching you. Um, They're coming for you, Barbara. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we're watching you. And we better see you listening to us when the visor comes out next week. What was that sentence? <laughs> we, we have to go, people. We're too tired. We'll see you uh, when visor. We'll see you, you when we're visiting. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye.